Welcome to Ranch House Radio. Thanks for joining in, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to episode three of Ranch House Radio. I'm the host, Christy DeGearing. Today, I have with me a cattleman and sheep herdsman, Brad Boner. Welcome. Thank you, Christy. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Brad, let's start by talking about your background and your history. So kind of tell me about growing up and your experiences in that. Okay. Well, I'm the fifth generation to live in Converse County, which is in East Central Wyoming. Um, um, my son, Ryan, is the sixth, and he's recently joined the ranch again. So we're really thrilled about that. I also have a, a nephew, Trent, who's, who's working in the registered uh, Angus business with us. To start with our We bought our first registered cows in 1989, and uh, through that, we uh, began a partnership with Lisco Angus, and this year will be our 30th annual bull sale. Um, uh, I don't know where the time's gone, but it's gone by fast, and so we're we're very appreciative that we've had that opportunity to partner with Lisco's and and, uh, are looking forward to our 30th annual sale. So tell me about the first sale. Where did you host it? How many bulls did you sell? Kind of what, what was your experience with that first sale? Yep. The first sale we had was at, uh, at that time, it was called uh, Central Wyoming Livestock, was a sale barn in Glenrock. And uh, we offered, I think, 65 bulls in that first sale between Dick and I. It seems like every sale we've learned something new um, at, or experienced something different than we've never experienced before. And so lots of pieces that go together into putting on a bull sale and uh, inevitably something trips up just a little bit. Something tripping up a couple of years ago, you ended up having to move your sale and you moved it out to the ranch. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So the first year of COVID, we were scheduled to have our, on our traditional date, which is the fourth Friday in March, uh, our sale at, at, at uh, the Casper Fairgrounds. And, and since the fairgrounds is uh, ultimately under the auspices of the uh, county government in uh, in uh, Natrona County, in the infinite wisdom of the commissioners, they decided to close down that facility and uh, due to COVID. So we were kind of out of a place. And so we went to work and uh, got internet capabilities here at the ranch that could help us, uh, you know, broadcast our sale via the internet. And we're able to get that done in time to put on a, a sale five weeks later here at the ranch. And, and since that move, um, we've been having it at the ranch and enjoyed having it there and a little more, uh, homey atmosphere and we enjoy hosting everybody that for our annual sale. When you had to move out to the ranch, did you already have kind of the facilities ready for that or did you have to build? Yeah, no, fortunately we had built a, a new uh, shop and barn about a year and a half before that. Unbeknownst to us, uh, we were use it a lot sooner than we planned on as events would have it. But uh, um, fortunately we, the facilities were there. We were the biggest thing we were missing was the internet and, and a little extra help. So you talked a little bit about Ryan and Trent joining in. When did, when did Trent come in and when did Ryan come in? Yep. So the Trent had his first bulls in our sale two years ago. Ryan's first bulls that he actually, you know, or cows he owns, or out of cows he owns will be in this year's sale. You know, they, they each have their own cows plus their partners in the cows that, that, that I own. Uh, Trent is running his own herd now, and, and and we run them together in the summer. I run them separate in the winter, 
Um, so we can use the same bowls for cleanup. It's been a great deal. It's, it's, uh, it's helped me a lot to have those younger guys around. They kind of make the old man kick it up a notch or two. And that's a good thing. So something new I saw in your uh, catalog is the grow safe program. Can you tell me a little bit about that grow safe test and what inspired you to do that and what kind of it, the process was? Yeah. So three years ago, we had customers coming to us that were looking for uh, some older, uh, longer aged bulls um, just because they enjoy the uh, little lower level of management those take to get them through the winter after they purchase them and, and maybe service a few more cows in their first, uh, in their first season. So uh, we went and decided we were going to establish a summer calving program. So we purchased embryos, made our own embryos, um, lots of things. And so for the first uh, three years, uh, this has been an all embryo program and uh, we'll grow that herd out of the females that are resulting from that. But this year we have 16 bulls in that category. They're 20 to 22 months old and we're able to uh, get grow safety data on them, which we think is uh, some low hanging fruit in this business, if we can identify those animals that are feed efficient. Um, and it's, uh, you know, we've gone, I think lots of argument in this industry about relative or residual feed value. Um, we believe that the real combination, the real economic benefit, there's a combination of relative feed value and their actual average daily gain. That's where the dollar number comes in. And that's what we all are worried about is the economic portion of this. So between RFI and and average daily gain ADG, we can kind of identify those bulls that uh, have a lower cost of gain. The genetics have a lower cost of gain. And, and given the price of feed today, that's a real big number. So how does the program work? Yeah, so we were able to go to a facility that had a grow safe system in, in place. And so every time those, those bulls get an RFID tag in their ear, or an EID tag, excuse me, too many acronyms here, an EID tag in their ear. So every time they go into the... Uh, the bunk, the bunk reads that, that uh, animal's there and how much feed it eats because the bunk ha has a scale. So every day we know how many how pounds of uh, feed that animal is consuming. Um, they're on a 60-day uh, period where they're on that grow safe system for 60 days. And, and so, uh, you know, we can tell how many pounds of feed it took to convert to one pound to gain on that animal. And interestingly enough, uh, we're seeing some pretty big uh, variances. I mean, you know, for our lowest bull was just under six to one and our highest was 11 to one. And, uh, you know, if, if there's that much variation in, within, in the whole breed, there's a, there's a lot of room for improvement there. I mean, and that's a lot of, when you double the amount of feed it takes to put on a pound of gain, we're talking about a lot of dollars there. So this year's sale is your 30th. Talk about how kind of special that is being in this 30 years and what are you expecting for this sale? Yeah, we're just blessed, Christy. I mean, uh, uh, you know, we just try to get a little better every year and have been so blessed to be able to stay in this business for this long and do what we love to do. And, uh, you know, um, very fortunate in that regard. And, and uh, you know, hopefully we learn a little something every year and are working to, uh, to uh, make our cattle better and better for our customers. Um, really, uh, you know, we have some unique conditions here in East Central Wyoming. Uh, that our customers' needs are a little different than they may be some other places. And so we really try to focus on those. And, and so uh, our customers can be assured that they're getting the, the best bang for their buck in, uh, in our genetics.
So where does your love for agriculture and your passion for this industry come from? I don't know. I've never not known I had it. I, the only thing I've ever wanted to do was be a rancher. So, um, and again, very blessed to have been able to do that. Um, I'm not sure where it comes from other than, than a a long line of, of hard-headed, hardworking folks that, that, uh, instilled things in me from, uh, from an early age. And so, uh, uh, but I don't ever remember wanting to do anything else. Uh, it's always been be a rancher. And so feel real blessed to be able to do it. And, and I really appreciate, uh, the, my predecessors, my forefathers for the opportunities they've given me to, to be able to do that. It's a big deal. So you grew up on a ranch, your parents ranched as well. Yes. Yeah. My, my great grandfather on my mom's side came, uh, came to uh, Wyoming on Texas cattle drives, cattle drives out of Texas in the late 1800s. People may or may not know this, but uh, the way we're related came to Wyoming in the early 1900s. Uh, our, our great-grandfathers are, are, are the, is the same person. And so uh, fun stuff there. And, uh, you know, they were, those people were, uh, were just hardcore, uh, hardworking, not, no fear, uh, just go out and do what you had to do every day to get to the next day. And, uh, we could learn a lot from those folks today. So what is your favorite part of the year? Is it, is it calving? Is it the bull sale? What is your favorite part of the yearly process? Yeah. So two times got to be right there. Uh, um, calving definitely is, it's so fun to see those new baby calves that we've spent a ton of time trying to figure out, you know, the genetics we're going to use for that next year and to get them on the ground so we can, you know, start to experience uh, were we right or were we wrong or, uh, you know, uh, what, what are they going to bring to the table? That's just, that's always a real exciting time of the year. Other times weaning time, um, you get to, you get to see how those good old mama cows performed again over the year and with their, with their, this year's crop of calves. And, um, that's a real fun time and, the bull cell time, although it's a ton of work, uh, is kind of culmination of all that. So those, they're all they're all fun times, super fun. Not coincidentally, all three come with a lot of work. So that's the way the world should be. So that's what we like, and um, it's it's good stuff. Over the thirty years that you've been doing these sales, which bulls have stood out to you the most? Well, our, um, you know, uh, we are relatively focused on a certain kind of pedigree that we've been looking for that kind of go back long ways to the bulls we the pedigrees we originally started with I mean when I first got started the bull that was really making an impact on the breed was a bull called uh, QAS Traveler 23-4 um, we our original females were a lot of his daughters um, we used the bull a lot a lot of his influence on our herd and uh, you know uh, another bullet's had a lot of influence on our heard not maybe directly but in multiple predators that we're using now is SAB final answer and and he he's a traveler grandson those that bull shows up a lot in our pedigrees um not necessarily by design but because those cattle work here and they always have and and they probably always will going forward so we uh keep searching for those that uh, the hardest thing we do every year is try to figure out uh think about the next step. Uh, we may or may not need a next step right away, but we always have to be thinking about it and evaluating that and try to 
figure out what the next step is going to be here. And it's actually a little harder today for us to find um, herd bulls that'll move us in the right direction than it has been in the past. Why is that? I think probably uh, part of it is hopefully because our cattle are getting a little better all the time. Um, secondly, you know, we've had this push in the Angus breed to go more towards a terminal uh, genetic base with, with a lot of focus on marbling and, and carcass traits. And, and not that we don't, uh, we don't need that and need to focus on that in our business, but I think we've went a little too far that way. And those females, especially in our environment here in Eastern Wyoming, um, out of those carcass cattle struggle to survive around here. I think that's been one of the things we've seen in the last 10 or 15 years. So for this year's sale, your 30th sale, um, tell me all the details, when it is, where it is, and what customers can expect for the bowl set. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to do that. Uh, our sale is uh, Friday, uh, March 25th. Um, it'll be at the ranch here at Glenrock. Um, uh, if anybody has any questions about our sale, you can go to our website, mdiamondangus.com, all the details on there, um, catalog, supplements, videos, all those wonderful things that we do for to promote these bulls anymore. And and uh, so we'll be selling about 120 bulls, uh, 30 yearling heifers. Um, we have uh, long-aged bulls, which are two-year-olds and, and yearlings, two-year-olds from Lisco's and, and summer yearlings from us. Um, and then we'll have about 92 uh, yearling bulls that we'll have in the sale. And, and then the yearling heifers will be from Lisco's. So uh, look forward to uh, doing that, um, uh, to having the sale. Um, and. Uh, Again, it's kind of like a sale day for all our commercial guys. It's the day we actually get a check. So, And it's kind of special that the 30th is the first year that your son is going to be having his bowls in there. Yeah, yeah it is. It's uh, special. So. What makes your genetics stand out among the rest? Well, I would say probably one of the things that, that makes us a little bit different than some of the other folks is we put a ton of emphasis on the, the Angus female. Um, we believe that that's what our customer really needs is, uh, you know, they, they make their business running cows. And uh, um, so we really focus on the female side of this, a lot of emphasis on fertility, some of the things that uh, genomics and EPDs don't measure, some of the fundamental traits like structural soundness, fleshing ability, utter quality, some of those things that, that really play into having a successful and, and profitable cow herd. We've spent a lot of time and effort searching out those genetics. And on a, as an example of that, about three years ago, as we're searching around for the next step in our operation, been driving the wheels off of the pickup, trying to find some, something that's going to work around here. And, uh, and was fortunate enough to end up at Nathan Spickler's and uh, saw the first U2 coalition calves that he had in production and was just blown away by those cattle. Uh, just, I was so excited after I found those um, that uh, I, I couldn't hardly stand myself. So uh, we figured out we needed to use a lot of coalition back in this operation. And, and then that fall, as, as uh, events would have it, uh, the people that had raised him decided to disperse their cow herd. And, and uh, I hadn't seen a picture of his mom until, until they put her picture of her in their sale catalog. And I, I was just, again, I was blown away by that cow. She's the cow I've dreamt about in my sleep for 35 years. And uh, so we, Ryan and I jumped in an airplane and flew to Canada and spent three or four days up there and uh, 
were able to purchase her and bring her home. And uh, she has not disappointed. Her first calves are in our sale this year. And uh, we're starting off with one of her sons in the yearling into this. And uh, just really excited to see what she brings to the table for us in the future. So again, a lot of focus here on maternal traits and and uh, we're sure that will translate into a better cow herd and more profitability for our customers. So, so what does the next 30 years look like for M Diamond Angus? Well, hopefully, you know, uh, we just keep doing our homework and, and making our cattle better and, uh, and keep uh, striving to always remember that uh, what our customers need. Um, our customers are the commercial cattlemen. Uh, uh, we don't sell a lot of bulls to registered guys. Uh, uh, our customers are commercial cowmen that have to make a living with those cows. And so we have to stay focused on uh, what their needs are and what we can do to help them have a sustainable agribusiness operation. And, and um, that's our goal with every breeding decision we make. And so hopefully we'll keep that in mind and, and always remember who our customers are and, and who we need to, uh, to uh, stay focused on and, and trying to make their lives better along with ours. And talk about your new kind of tagline, the drive to thrive. Yeah. So, um, you know, we developed that because we, uh, again, in, in this industry today, see a lot of people who are uh, creep feeding their calves all summer long, um, trying to get those calves to weigh close to a thousand when they wean them. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that in, in the Midwest or even the Eastern part of the, of the plains here, but uh, for our customers, uh, we really need those cows to go out and work for a living and show us if they have what it takes to survive in, in our environment. And so, uh, you know, we, our cows are, our calves are raised on mother's milk and grass and Wyoming scenery. And, and that's what they get. And, uh, you know, through that process, we hope that they, we can identify the cattle that have the drive to thrive in our environment. And so we've kind of developed that tagline and and uh, hope it kind of explains what we're all about here and uh, give, keeps us focused on what, what's important as well. Well, with a focus on what's important and a drive to thrive, thank you so much for joining us on Ranch House Radio. Thank you so much, Christy. It's awesome. I think this is an awesome endeavor, and I look forward to watching a lot of these with you. So, Don't miss the M. Diamond and Lisco Angus Bull Sale on Friday, March 25th at 1 p.m. Mountain Time. You can find details at mdiamondangus.com or on ranchhouseradio.com. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit that follow button. Tune in next time on Ranch House Radio.